Welcome to the Crypto Yams Podcast, where we discuss Bitcoin price talk, trading ideas, and much, much more. I am your host, The Baked Potato, five-year crypto analyst and a crypto YouTuber. Today's date is August 22nd. This is episode 92. All right, everybody. Yes, we have a lot to talk about today. I am welcomed on the podcast today with the usual guests. We have Jay Trades Crypto as well as Pio. Welcome, guys. Hopefully, you're having a great day today. Yeah, happy to be here, buddy. Let's talk about some of them cryptos. Oof. Yes. Yes, yes, indeed. The cryptos. The ever-looming market flaps that we're on the verge of of working towards. (laughs) Things today, obviously opening exactly how we were expecting them to open in the S&P. We did fall about 100 points off of the open, Um, very much not looking fantastic in the overall. But in our shorter terms here, um, we are still holding a lot of structures between the 8-hour, the 4-hour, and the 1-hour, at least on our S&P. Kind of mixed, but the signs are saying potentially over the next couple days, we could see some sort of short-term bounce. Um, if the bears are still in full control, we're essentially looking for that converging wave, lower high rejection off of the now resistance, what was just support, to be 100% certain that continuation to the downside is more than likely. And of course, using the information of the S&P, we know that Bitcoin and ETH had to have, you know, kind of taken this information in from before the weekend. They kind of know, speculated themselves into a move downside, a downside move uh, beforehand. So that was actually kind of nice to see that we didn't see ETH and Bitcoin drop another 5 to 10% today with the S&P crashing about 2%. Um, they kind of preemptively did so. So interestingly enough, because usually it's the kind of vice versa effect where, you know, the S&P crashes, uh, Bitcoin and ETH are not far behind. Um, we are, again, starting to see bounce uh, signals and signs in the shorter time frames. Bitcoin also showing signs of rejecting this level that we've just come down to at around 21,500. So not so great. We, we're really, it's going to come down to where we close around on daily candles. And in our midterm candles kind of basis, we still have huge potential for big hidden bullish divergences in this medium term all the way up into daily. Um, and we just don't have a converging wave as we know we need uh, a lower high to break this basis of higher highs and higher lows, because we still technically in the medium term have that structure. So in order to be 100% certain, we need to come up to at least Bitcoin, I mean, could be as low as 23,000, 22,500. That would make perfect sense right back to our four hour 618 rejection confirmed, you know, spend a little bit of time maybe again over the next two to three days uh, at that level. Now, we don't need to do that. We may see an initial pump down first, meaning we drop another $1,000 towards 20. And then we built, uh, essentially we've built the momentum to then come back up. But our converging wave does not need to go all the way to the 618 at that point. We could essentially be seeing the same structure idea, but happening as a top around 21 to 22 right where our current market structure uh, is. 
that makes any sense. So the, the farther you go on the initial move, you know, the lower the converging wave can be, because obviously the continuation from that level doesn't have to go as high to be certain. It's still a lower high if it comes up from 20 rather than from where we are right now at 21. But I, I really do think that around a $2,000 converging wave is kind of in the works if it's going to see bearish continuation and rejection from these levels. ETH, again, if it were to bounce from here, we're looking towards the, I believe it's the $1,700 region, $1,750. It is right towards, and potentially even $1,800 around the 382. That would be best case scenario. Worst case scenario is that we do see continuation towards 1500 here, maybe even a little bit lower, 1450, before converging back up towards 1650 or 1680, 1700. So again, it's just going to depend on what happens over the next day or so. If we start to bounce from here, we're a little bit better off. We have a much better chance of potentially recovering somehow, some way. Or at least getting a bit of a, you know, a, a bit of a higher squeeze before continuing this crash down. The biggest support that I can see on ETH right now is still sitting around $1,200 or $1,100, depending on what time you hit it. Um, and of course, the level that we're on right now, around 15 to 1580, is very critical as well, um, which gives me more hopium, I guess, for a bounce. Mmm, damn. Carl the Moon liquidated two times in two weeks. Gosh, golly, that's not expected at all. <laughs> Every time these guys try and call a bottom without seeing any signal or sign of bottom, right? Of course they're gonna they're gonna see liquidation. Like we know in this group that, you know, the bottom that we saw yesterday and today is good enough for a starting entry. But that's it. And you're not closing your shorts until the midterms turn back up and confirm, right? Like, you're always prepared for potentially moving back up. But I mean, if you guys shorted from 24 to 25K, you know, or 19 to 2,000 on ETH, as we talked about with the update in the, in, in the previous sessions, you know, there's no reason for you to be closing entirely that position, especially since we came down so fast and so hard you know, into these levels, absolutely be taking more profit at these key level supports. But, you know, they can just as easily break and flip to resistance. We saw that yesterday with ETH kind of flipping the uh, 18 yesterday, uh, three days ago, we kind of saw the $1,700 level. We saw the market structure change, you know, and it just kind of concreted itself into uh, the continuation that we've seen. Now, again, there is still building bullish divergence in these shorter midterm timeframes. So there's definitely still a chance of seeing a decent little bounce, create a converging wave to confirm for sure that this, you know, this uptrend in the medium term that we've had over the last month or two is going, you know, coming to an end. But uh, it may result in more than we're even expecting. I mean, there is potential for daily hidden bullish divergence from you know quite a few positions here quite a few spots to create a much bigger thing going on we still have higher lows technically on almost everything bitcoin this is still a higher low technically for potentially some sort of bounce and, and break from here 
if we were to, again, I drew it out yesterday with both bearish and bullish ideas. You can find that in the Scalp TA channel. Um, but yeah, Jay, I'd love to hear your opinion on what you're thinking, my friend. Yeah, what's up, buddy? Hopefully, uh, hopefully my mic doesn't cut out a few times like it always does. You know, because I've got such important things to talk about here with Bitcoin, huh? So we've got some got some action. We uh, I have my my chart pulled up. Uh, I'm screen sharing why for you guys, and I have a couple and I think important targets and uh, things to point out that have been helpful for me for reading this move. Um, so a couple for a couple things first. We did have this rising wedge. It's the way I see it that we were working in here. If you look at the daily time frame here, and we did eventually break to the downside. Definitely notice that wedges tend to uh, break usually like around three quarters of the way through. Sometimes you'll hop back in, but you'll usually get some sort of breakout about three quarters of the way through it. And that's pretty much what happened here. And a couple things that I found really interesting. So if you're looking at the price range here, if you take the tool and you go from the top of the rising wedge here where we initially started it from the range, it's about a 23% drop is from the top to the bottom here at the beginning. If you were to take the tool and you take that 23% drop from our breakout, it's kind of funny because we had the drop happen at the exact same place as the origination of it. So if you were to just put a horizontal line across from the origination of this wedge, the horizontal line here actually correlates pretty much exactly where we broke out or broke down, I should say. If you were to take that, we actually have the bottom of the wedge then, if that's the case, the target would be the same place at about 17,600, give or take a little bit, obviously. So it's kind of interesting how well that lines up. It's almost like we have this range here and then we broke out above it for a little bit here, but we did so with bearish divergence and following this wedge further before finally breaking down. So pretty cool. Pretty interesting how that worked out there. Uh, it's literally just like a big range here. Now, our target was reached initially pretty much at 21,200 or so from the breakdown. This is our same Fibonacci level. If you were to have the break uh, from about 3,200 all the way up to 69,000, if you're using the log scale, then you would have the 382 level here at about 21,250 or so. And we ended up coming right down to that. That's where we're kind of bouncing around right now. We initially broke below. And now we're trying to hold it as support again, uh, at least attempting to. And if we do, I think that would give us some pressure, like buying pressure to eventually. I agree completely with your talk with uh, your your lower high. Uh, I think if we were to come back up into this like daily close right here from about the 5th of August, and we also have this wick here uh, on the 10th of August, that's at about 22.5, 22.6 range. So that would make a lot of sense. We needed to break down with volume to break these lows that were support. So we did so with volume. Now for us to come back up and retest them as resistance would make a lot of sense to then put in that lower high to continue down lower if we're going to actually get that you know lower high before just plunging further. Absolutely. Uh, my last target is going to be this monthly here. And we have our monthly close previous that held support uh, two months in a row. Uh, and it's at like 19.9. I think the odds of us tapping that are quite high. And we'll probably get some sort of bounce. If you were to look at the four hour time frame or mostly any time frame like eight hours and under. And if you were to pull up the triple confirmation indicator, it lines up, you know, 20,000 is the bottom fib. But it also lines up really well with that monthly as well, too. On pretty much any time frame, four hours and under, 20K is the target. Yes. So 
right now I'm looking, let's see if we bounce up to about 22.6. Uh, or are we going to head down to about 19.9 first, maybe swing a little bit lower than that, grab a little liquidity that some people might have there uh, as their stop loss, maybe before having a little bit uh, higher push. Inevitably, I think we're going to come down and retest the bottom of the range just because of the rising wedge targets. Uh, and for us to come back down to test the lows pretty much right around 18, 17,000. I think that would make a lot of sense to me. Problem with that is that obviously if we start breaking through 19,520, you know, the overall structure of the whole thing starts to kind of fall apart and we, we break through a very critical, you know, macro major level of support, right? And if we were to do that, then that's probably going to start a chain of events that would, you know, essentially start fractaling us for heading towards much lower targets, you know, yep. like, yeah, but I yep. totally, I do agree with uh, what you're saying in your TA there, you know, and it's also funny to think like we've fallen about $3,000 if we were to get up to 23, you know, and we fall another 3000 from there and it puts us right at 20 or 19, whatever, 195, mm -hmm. you know, it would just, it would just, there's so much correlation with the price action compared to uh the targets of the measured move and everything there it's it's hard to argue with that stuff right like it just depends as i said earlier in my when i was talking about the ta just like are we going to bounce from here or are we going to take a quick another smaller you know thousand dollar step down first and then create a converging wave for a much lower target of you know 23 or 22 or whatever uh before continuation you know i think it's just kind of the question right now exactly that makes it makes a lot of sense i i think if we were to actually achieve the rising wedge target back down to test the lows again mm -hmm. I, I don't think i think we might get a little bit of a bouncy bounce there but that's not going to end up actually still being low i think we'll just get a little bit of a support and then just inevitably fall off my next target uh really is using 14. the macro uh, macro fib there yeah i mean it's it, it really hasn't failed me yet um it's it's actually worked out really well and just to make it more simple really here it just it, it's been making things so simple for me here and the next target here is right around fourteen thousand eight hundred. that would be the 0.5 fib level we may breach below that and it would make a lot of sense if we went just below maybe that's the 2019 rally we did up to like 13.9 Maybe we end up rallying or uh, dropping down to around that 13.9 high. Tap that right in that range. Um, maybe come back up, retest, you know, the 17,000 or so, you know, something like that. Yeah, no, for sure. I really think, you know, with like the timing of the whole thing and when midterms are coming in from the States, you know, my best guess would be that they're either going to hold it above 20 until then. Or maybe we see a capitulation spike towards 17 to be an initial warning sign of what's to come in the overall later. But, you know, from 17, we'd probably bounce all the way back up into the mid-20s um, before, you know, essentially creating a huge bull trap before continuing. But it's, you know, that huge spike that breaks the major support level could be that early warning sign of like, hey, this isn't good. It's broken so easily, you know, uh, more than likely to actually break in the future. But normally when you come down to these levels, you know, you don't just smack through 
and then continue going from there, right? Like you need to retest. Are we sure? Like, oh, 24, 25K is acting as, you know, key level resistance now. So definitely, definitely very possible to come back into those previous levels. Again, the big thing is just going to be if we lose 20 or 19.5, if you're getting very specific about it on a higher time frame basis, you know, our weekly, let's say, was to reject off the zero line, re-triple confirm back down before it can triple confirm up because we know that we're, you know, we were on the verge last week of potentially seeing the weekly TC back up. And now the daily has absolutely full, like 180 us, And that potential for that weekly to reconfirm back down first is in the cards again, right? And if that happens, we know like we probably have, yeah, a couple more months of shitty consolidation sideways downside to go where the overall of the entirety of the market's just crushing lower and crushing lower. You know, it makes sense. Like, there's not a ton of volatility right now. There's not a ton of volume. Um, the sediment of the market feels very, very weak. You know, like, they're trying to uh, prop it up just as they're doing with the stock market. But I think the reality is, is just, like, everyone's lost hope and faith in this whole thing. You know, but at the same time, we need to know that the pressure from China, um, the people of China, not the you know, not the government per se, if they cannot access their bank accounts, they're going to look for alternative methods. Even though Bitcoin's banned in China, you know, I think that that could be a very realistic answer to how they're getting around. You know, the huge collapse that's coming for them. Because right now, you know, as much as the CCP is trying to restrain and not allow information to get out about what's going on, um, I think the world is pretty clear on what's happening in China right now. You know, like they've they've locked the people's bank accounts out, and you know, how are people going to eat and survive and live? Like they're going to need to find some sort of alternative currency to use. So just an idea, but you know, if you have two billion people <laughs> who need a, a you know a way out i don't see a better solution other than cryptocurrencies because they were technically or you know a large majority of the populace was already using them but it's hard to speculate and i you know we we know <laughs> on this channel that we we don't love doing it but it's just something again to keep in in the back of your mind that like mm -hmm. that could actually propel us you know to explode while the rest of the economy does continue to tank. Yeah, I I totally see what you're saying. And my, my mindset is that I, I think cryptocurrency is going to bottom before the rest of the markets. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, you know, it's like the fundamentals of it, the, you know, the, the use case of it, a lot of it makes sense. You know, you would think that it's, it's kind of a necessary, it's, kind of necessary right with <laughs> how the world is going right now in regards to the economy um at the same time i've tried to like push that thought my me personally i've tried to push that aside because i think sometimes that makes me uh more hopeful when the charts are telling me it's dog poop 
Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy, right? You know, it's like, you want to believe the fundament fundamentals and you, in like, I have such a bullish long term. I really am. And it's funny because I've been bearish for like, dude, going on a year now, I'm tired of this. Like I've literally <laughs> been doing nothing but the Elmo flames emoji for almost a year and I'm done. I'm tired of it, you know, but it, it, it is what it is, you know, but long term, I think crypto is going to be just something, man. But you know, I, we have so much to really watch out for and so much to, uh, you know, wait to see how things play out. That's, that's why we just keep following the charts and do the TA, man. Yeah, absolutely. I was talking uh, with Peel a little bit earlier today about uh, energy prices and how they are absolutely taking off in Europe. So, Peel, if you want to jump in here and maybe kind of tell us a little bit about what's going on over there, maybe kind of what we can potentially be looking to expect in our North American energy sector in the coming months. Uh, I'd love to hear your opinion on that. Yo, yo, yo. So um, I think energy has been, you know, it's tied into so many things. And the way I would look at it in relation to the economy and what's happening in equities is it, it's it's causing demand destruction, you know. Um, see that in the last two weeks. Zinc and aluminium have or the cost of production has gone so high, it's yeeted those commodity prices themselves to the level that plants are shutting down. Um, and that was, you know, that's the final stage of after, hey, construction materials and all that have become really, really expensive. So in Europe, you know, you're looking at natural gas now more or less cross board. You know, it, it's the UK seemed to have front run it, but an 11x increase in natural gas prices, mm-hmm. you know, wholesale. And a massive amount of Europe as well rely on gas to, you know, power their homes. Um, so it's a very, very serious situation. Uh, and I'll kind of come on to some of the drivers behind that in a moment. But I think the key message is, you know, demand destruction. So um, perhaps what you can expect. State side is it's it didn't go without notice that before the Freeport LNG facility, which is a massive export facility in. Uh, I think it's Louisiana. I don't misrepresent that as Texas. Um, it, it had a breakdown very close to the same time that natural gas US pricing topped out at over nine bucks. And now that it's ahead of schedule and coming back into, into, um, into use for export of LNG to the European market, where, you know, the current pricing is around 50, 55. Uh, per MMBL unit, um, you know, it, it came back down to around seven dollars five. Free ports opening up again, and now it nearly touched ten this morning, um, which is alarming from a gas perspective, um, natural gas that is. Um, so I think there is a possibility of all-time highs in North American natural gas markets, and um, probably the US disproportionately to Canada. However, I, I I think because it's such a large producer, um, I you know, I'm beginning not to fathom that I could do the same as in Europe, because it's more driven by that kind of arbitrage profit. Whereby, I think right now a tanker of LNG from the US to Europe, the arbitrage covers the cost of the tanker itself, <laughs> 100 million. So, yeah, it's, it's it's very interesting. Yeah, that's that's absolutely. It's it's insane to think about that your guys' natural gas has done 11x 
over what the course of maybe under two years we were wrong about crypto we sh- like if you were looking for <laughs> you know stupid percents it was it was it was energy but it was all unprecedented um you know so like i've been reading up a lot about like what are the cases to kind of maybe the more reassuring things about the north american market and you know canada is a big producer of both natural gas and oil um the us i heard it commented and it kind of makes sense like because it's the latency is not as if it really is a reserve but because of the way shale mm. works you know within six months like the us can ramp up a lot of production um something like eighty thousand shale permits granted just not activated and by the nature of technology can be spun up quite quickly so i think yeah, I think um, I think the land that are free is probably going to benefit, uh, or not benefit, but be insulated. Maybe be better yeah. off. Yeah, better off than some of the other guys who can't absorb the blow as bad. Exactly, and you know, it's it's you know again, I come back to that phrase, demand destruction, because everything hangs off that. You know, like only a few short months ago it was all like oh inflation's because of all the covid savings you know everyone's spending that money and now you're looking at you know u.s credit and it says eating people are gone through the savings borrowing borrowing now um same's happening over mm-hmm. here you know people are right now here it's coming in september i think it's something like it's close to an 11x the amount of community banks lending to parents to buy back to school stuff <laughs> so um it's you know you, you translate that into kind of earnings uh, and earnings have been weakening in you know uh, productive equities so stock market being soft because of that is 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 kind of kind of naturally naturally be happening especially with 10-year bond hit three percent today um you made a comment about that <laughs> Yes, I've got it pulled up. I was gonna, I was gonna talk about this. Uh, as Pio said, yes, we've we have come back into the three percent range of the ten-year yeah, bond yield, and we potentially look to be seeing potentially continuation with an invalidation of the previous weekly triple formation in four days, possibly. the The one thing that I do see that's still on our side here is that we have market structure and fib lines are still completely set up to the downside. So that might end up saving us from turning this into a much bigger continuation type of wave and breaking through the market structure and restructuring the whole thing to then potentially be working towards, you know, 5% or 8% or whatever's to kind of come later. Because, yeah, I mean, this thing has, over the last 40 years, really only come down. And now we're hitting, you know, this level that we're at right now at 3% is the most critical key level uh, resistance that we have on the chart. It's the most touches of any area, of any percent that we've seen in the entirety of the whole thing. So, I mean, really, we're already above the uh, trend resistance here. Um, we're just hitting the, the critical level. So it's really going to come down to you know, can this thing essentially, you know, maybe touch it again once, twice more, just to be sure that we hold market structure and we do reject from this level. But for how long, you know, we could be looking for a converging wave in our 
10 year, you know, government bonds here on something significant like a month, which is, you know, nothing to mess about. about. But it's, you know, it still puts us in a bad position in a year or two if we were to come back even all the way back to, you know, one and a half percent, let's say over the course of this year, like future from there, if we were to see a bounce in continuation is not good stuff. Now, again, we have a potential for breaking the structure here in the current weekly four day with it re triple confirming back up potentially on this week. We could see this level just absolutely decimated. So, three and a half percent, the most important level, I think that you know we need to we need to be paying attention to essentially because if it shoots above this, you know, where's it going to go? This is like you, you, you actually said. Two weeks ago, like watch the ten year, it will spike, and then watch what they will do. And here we are at an inflection point. And leading into what could they do is, you know, non-energy inflation, you know, is looking a lot better now because, you know, you're seeing things like shipping rates. It's like I, I kind of get a rage when I hear like, oh yeah, yeah, lumber is really expensive, and I'm like, yeah, it was like six months ago, buddy. Check a chart. And there is a late a, a latency effect or a lag effect, but shipping yes. now. So the whole supply chain narrative of inflation, we're on the other side of that now. We're on the right shoulder of it. So, you know, CPI numbers in September, very interesting. Um, and they could give the Fed the ability to, or, or the picture to, 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 you know, give some comfort to equities given the kind of strange, strange place that we're in where they're hiking as you're going into a recession. So the possibility that you outlined there that, you know, we could be hitting the top of this range and come back down. And, you know, next year is, to be honest with you, know, when I see the real recession, I'm a believer in, you know, 10K Bitcoin, 2,500 SP, or, you know, I, I, I'm totally, we're not there yet, um, person. So it's very interesting that you can, uh, point that out because september now is going to be a really busy month august going to seem extremely quiet in comparison i think so absolutely i think with uh we're going into the fourth quarter here soon aren't we not uh october yeah we're going to september so we're going to have you know look everyone's going to be back at their desks in finance world they'll be like cpi september what are the fed going to do 0.5 you know i think I think non-energy inflation, you know, there could be a narrative spun that like, look, energy's outside of everyone's control, but we're gonna look at non-energy inflation. And that could give that could give uh, a safety net, let's say, to equities. So they range out at the bottom, ten year yield ranges out at the top. Um and then we're taking a Q three reportings and earnings, and then we step across that line in October into um q4 serious reporting season and you know us whatever elections yeah yeah absolutely so man we highlighted a lot of stuff today hopefully you guys were able to keep up with everything we're talking i know there's a lot to pay attention to right now but as we said you know don't get washed out in this current environment um there's there's things that could possibly pop up in the next couple weeks or month or two that might totally set us on a new path. You know, 
um, as bad as things seem. They're never usually as bad as they seem until later. So it's just something important to be keeping an eye on, paying attention to. For now, you know, even if we do get the bounce, we're more than likely looking for lower targets. But definitely stuff to pay attention to. Um, as Jonas pointed out, guys, we do have a newsletter email sign up on the website now. If you guys haven't signed up for that, head over to tripleconfirmation.com. Um, if you scroll down half a second, it's right there. Make sure to sign up for that. You'll get all the initial news about pre-sale, alpha testing for the bot as soon as we have it open. Yeah, and we appreciate you guys for taking the time to listen today. Happy Monday. Happy trading. Be safe. We love you guys, and have yourself a great rest of your day. Bye-bye.